Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Tough Mothers. I'm not exactly sure where this podcast is heading. All I know is that I want to be true to who I am as a person. And for any and all of you who are listening, I just wanted to start a new thing for me. And hopefully it helps you to be who you you are. Because I want to be able to have the power to be the light that um, is willing to light the pathway so that you can walk beside me and shine your own light, walk ahead of me, shine your light, walk behind me, shine your light, and know that everything about you is important, beautiful, wonderful, impactful, and definitely appreciated, good, bad, or indifferent. I believe that from every experience that we have in this life, there is something to be learned, learned for our journey, not necessarily somebody else's. And recently, within the past few months, I've been dealing with the control issue and how many things do I want to control and am I really controlling? And I, being um, being a mom of one, I remember many years ago that um, I went shopping in the store and I had gone through the produce aisle and there happened to be another mom in there not knowing that I was a mother and um, my daughter was in school at the time and I uh, in grade school and I was there and she didn't realize the impact that she had on me based on just one sentence that came out of her mouth and it was this unless a unless a woman has two children then she really isn't a parent and that really stuck with me that definitely hurt my feelings and I kept that stuffed in now for you know 15 14 15 years and I didn't really think something that was that simple could bother me yet when my daughter chose to leave and go live with her dad it was it was gut-wrenching at the time, yet now I see so much I've learned from it. Yet at the same time, I remember when she left wondering, am I still a parent? Do I still get to call myself a mom? She's, you know, 13. She's decided to go live with her dad. And do I, do I get to be a part of this anymore? And I was very extreme in my thinking and my perceptions that were way off base. And the reason why I share this with you today is is there are things that people say and things that people do, and I don't believe that all people understand the ramifications of what comes out of their mouth. I know that I don't understand the ramifications that come out of mine when I'm frustrated, upset, and I say things. And we always say that we don't mean them, yet if you have watched any court dramas or you've been to court or you have been on a jury you know that the information being thrown out there is just enough to make your mind start to do a dance. And when we are not aware of that dance that's about to happen, we're going to definitely have two left feet. We're going to step on our partner and we are, there isn't going to be a dance. There's going to be a fight, a brawl, a war. And, um, and especially if we're like, no, 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 it's okay that you stepped on my foot and my foot's throbbing and, you know, two weeks from now I'm in crutches or in a wheelchair. And those are extreme. Yes, yet that's how powerful 
the words that you say and I say and that other people say become. Now, the challenge isn't whether they're powerful or not powerful. The challenge is how much power you and I give them. You are having a discussion with your child and they say they don't like you or they hate you or they wish you you weren't their parent or that they wish you were a different mom or a different person. And everything that you have heard up until that point in your life, no matter what age you are, young or old, is going to flood your mind like a Rolodex on steroids. And you are going to see everything flash before you that you remember that you weren't good enough, you didn't measure up, you weren't the best friend, you weren't this, you weren't that. And of course your child is telling you they hate you because you're the worst person on the, in the world. Or you're on the other end of the spectrum and you're saying, of course you say you hate me because I'm the best thing in the world and you don't want to have to compete with me. So yeah, I would hate me too if I were you. And so there are so many ways to look at what people say. Yet the only person who knows anything about that is the person who said them, the person who's feeling them, and the person that's emitting them and putting them out there. And so what I wanted to touch on today is those words I gave so much power to. She said, in her opinion, that if you didn't have two children, that you were not really a mom because you couldn't possibly understand motherhood with just one child. Um, that really got me to thinking because about five years later, it hits me again and I'm mad and I want to just scream and yell and I'm telling my friends, I'm like, you can't believe this. This is what this lady said. Who does she think she is? And if which brought in the lunacy of the whole thing, if what she said was true, if, if this was the case, that if you had one, that you weren't a parent, I would certainly like to know what the child is calling you. Because if they're not calling you mom, which makes you a parent, um, what are they calling you? And are you saying that you don't deserve the mom title? I decided to dig a little bit deeper on a surface-based comment that really made no sense to me until I thought about it in her shoes. She had a child, and I don't know if the child was easy or hard or great, not great, I don't know. But something about that first experience caused her to feel that she really wasn't a parent to that child. And when she had a second child, she felt possibly, this is me interpreting many years ago of a saying that I couldn't fathom anybody saying personally. And knowing that in 16 years, it, it she's the only person who's ever said it, period. And um, instead of me looking at that as someone's pain being focused on the outside, um, usually how we're feeling on the inside is going to come out on the outside. And in that regard, that must have been how she was feeling that day. And 
she has issues of her own. And what happened, as soon as she said those words to me, then I felt some type of way because I didn't have tools in my toolbox at that time to say, hey, I really don't appreciate that comment. I'm going to go ahead and hand that back to you. I am sorry you feel that way. And I love being a mom of my child who is an only child. And I love her to death. And I would do anything for her. And I want to parent her to the best of my abilities. And I feel that I am doing the best I can with what I have. And I'm still learning as I go. And yes, that's a long explanation. Or, you know, just cutting her off. I, I, I want to be so much more compassionate in my responses. And I realize that that's across the board. Because when we learn that compassion, which is the toughest thing for me to do, trust me that it'll bleed over and we will understand the biggest lesson that I've learned with my with my child that because I believe in the Lord is a gift to me she doesn't belong to me she belongs to God in in my world and how I believe um and with that being said I realize that I did not deal with her in the most compassionate way because I didn't have tools in my toolbox to be compassionate. In my life, unfortunately, there was a lot of yelling. There was a lot of blaming. There's a lot of screaming. And I was doing a lot of the blaming because I had seen one too many episodes of Leave it to Beaver. And why wasn't my family like this? And I'd go to school and why isn't my family like theirs? I had no idea. I still have no idea what was going on behind those doors. I don't know what was going on with my best friend, Melanie, when she was doing her stuff and having to go through her things. I didn't know what was going on with people that were out there. And so my thing is, is that I never bothered to step into everybody else's shoes because I thought everything was happening to me. This is happening to me, you mean people. This is happening to me, you mean mother truckers. You are hurting me. And I need to protect myself with armor. And then I got older. And I started listening to some amazing people. And if you get a chance to check them out, please do. I'll name them pretty quickly because they are people that have changed my life through books, podcasts, um, TED Talks, anything and everything that you can get your hands on with these people that can move you to be your best self. Please check them out. And um, they're amazing. And that would be Brene Brown, Melanie Robbins, or Mel Robbins. Um, You've got um, Rachel Hollis. You've got uh, Dave Hollis. You've got um, Trent Shelton. You've got Dean Graziosi and, and uh, Tony Robbins and a host of others. And all these people have been in my ear and I have been opening myself up to the possibility that maybe... I do need to give up control, which I didn't know that I had wanted or believed that I, I did. And then it became very, very obvious 
in the things that I don't like. I don't like it when a shirt isn't facing to the right, when you hang it on the hanger. I don't like it when the toilet paper isn't flipped over the top. I don't like it when the shampoo and the soap has been moved around. Back in the day, that used to happen to me a lot. And then I realized you go down from those don't likes and it becomes, if I only could, if I only could tell them the way that I want it, if I could only tell them this is how I want it and then they'll do it because I've asked them and they're going to do it. Well, wake up call in your 50s. No, 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 no. The power of no. They have the right to say no. And they have the right to carry out on that no. Have you ever had the moment where you ask your significant other or you ask your daughter or you ask your friends or your mom and you say, hey, would you like to go to the zoo? And they look at you, deadpan, blank stare, uh, no thank you. And you're hoping beyond all hope that if you ask enough times, someone will get on your bandwagon. And lo and behold, believe it or not, they do. They do get on your bandwagon. And you're off to the zoo. Well, now you've got a lot of people that either they're too intimidated to let you know their truth yelling and screaming and complaining the whole time because they didn't know how to speak their truth. And you, not being as happy as you thought you'd be because they said yes. Here's the thing. That's what I learned. Through all of those things, I want to control the situation. I want to go to the movies, so I want my daughter to say, yes, I want to go to the movies too. So I have a companion to enjoy the movie with. When she says no, I forget that it's just like something I learned way back in the day at a seminar. When the burger person comes to your table or comes to your car and says, would you like some onions on your hamburger? And you say no, they don't go running off into the back crying because you said no. And no matter how many times I've heard that up until now, I thought, yeah, of course. And then when somebody tells me no, I run off into the corner and I cry. They don't like me. They don't like my choices. They don't like um, what I threw out there. Is it the wrong zoo? Is it the wrong thing? Did I ask at the wrong time? Did, was the sun not up in the right place? Were the waves not crashing on the shore? It was like I had to realign myself with the reality of what's out there. I love the sunshine. I do. And yet when other people would say they would loved when it rained 10 years ago, 20 years ago, oh, you can't possibly like the rain. There's nothing good about the rain. No, we don't want the rain. And people leave London because it rains so much. People leave Oregon because it rains so much. 
People leave different parts of the country because it rains too much or it snows too much. And guess what? Some people leave California because it's sunny too much. Some people leave Arizona because it's sunny too much. Or Las Vegas because it's hot too much. And then here's the beauty of all of it. There are people that can't wait for the snow to fall. And they love every minute of it and they want it to last forever. Who am I to rain on that parade of someone who is compassionately, fully living into their being of who they are when the snow starts falling, when the sun starts shining, when the rain starts coming down, when the storm chasers go out. I never realized that I never, 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 never get to say what you on the other end of this podcast like and don't like. I don't get to say what you love and don't love. I don't get to say, ew, I can, I can. And that's where compassion comes in. Because yes, I can totally disagree with everything that you do with your life. Yet I compassionately want to allow you the space to live that life. I may not like the snow because it's not something that I want to adjust to every day. I may not like the rain because for me, it's just too wet. Other people love the rain. They can't wait for the puddles to jump in, throw on their boots or their bare feet and jump in the puddles and appreciate this life. Some people can't wait to make snow angels. Some people can't wait for the next riptide. It's not for me to say. And yet, I realized when I don't want you to put the dishes in the sink a certain way, I'm trying to control how you put the dishes. When I don't like the laundry a certain way, I'm trying to control how you want the laundry. Anytime I'm asking for my preference, I'm asking you to say no to yours. Now, if we agree, and that's when the tribe comes in, and we both see it the same way, that doesn't automatically make it the way just because 60,000 people said, yes, I do it that way. That's you and 59 other thousand people. The thing is, is that I really want to relinquish control. And I don't know where you are in your control journey or with your child. I don't want to control my daughter. I don't want to decide what makes her happy. There's some things that she's gotten into that I thought, is that even a thing? Is that, do other people do that thing? Okay, you go ahead and do that thing. And then what happens? I become one of those people. Because then all of a sudden I see these other people and they're excited and they see it and they're like, oh my gosh, 
She does this thing. It's beautiful. It's great. It's gorgeous. Yeah, we love that thing. You do? I, I didn't think anybody liked that thing. I just thought it's something that she did on her own. There's other people. There's a tribe for those things. Oh, my goodness. And that's who set me on this trail. My daughter, of all people. She's, uh, she's older now. She's in her teens. And she has taught me so much. And as I continue to learn, it isn't about me against her or her against me. It's about compassionately learning to relinquish control and say that no matter how you desire to live your life, good, bad, or indifferent, that it's yours. We tell our kids not to get into drugs because it's going to ruin their life. And then unfortunately, people forget that 90% of us know that because we did drugs. Don't drink, even though I drank. Don't go out and have premarital sex, even though I did. Whatever it may be. Don't do as I do, do as I say. Learning doesn't happen that way. Experience doesn't happen that way. And there's nothing wrong with having your arms and your heart wide open to accept yourself, your children, your tough situations, your scary situations, your traumatic situations. Because I believe that once we relinquish control that we can do what sets our heart on fire and leave all the be this way, be that way, do this way, do that way at the door. Which brings me to what I'll finally close with, which is one of my favorite little anecdotes that I heard. And maybe you've heard it too. And it's all about, <laughs> it's all about the ham and the loaf pan. And you're going to end up going eight generations back. You're going to do some homework and you're going to learn why that happened. Just imagine it's today and you go to your family get together. And in that family get together, you realize that the ham has both ends cut off. And you decide you're going to go ask who made the ham. And you're going to find out that it's someone of today. You say, why is it that the front end and the back end of that are taken off? And then you're going to get all the way down eight generations. And everybody's just doing it throughout all the years because that's what they do. And then what happens is that you realize finally at the very end of it all that the only reason the ends were cut off of the ham wasn't because it was bad ham. It's just because it didn't fit into the first pan that it went into all those years ago. So when we're deciding to do something with our lives, I no longer want to do something because somebody else did it. I want to do my homework and I always want to take the compassionate route. So thank you for listening today. I hope that you got something out of today and, uh, 
I hope that you can take this as a, uh, as a springboard to take on a new you and do you to the best of your ability. And always remember that everything happening is happening for you, not to you. And compassion is always the best route. Have a great day. Until next time.